Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Brain Radio with Sean Woodland. On this week's episode, I talk with two-time CrossFit Games athlete and owner of CrossFit Davis, Kirsten Pedry. Two Brain Radio with Sean Woodland is brought to you by Two Brain Business. To learn more about creating your perfect day as an entrepreneur, book a free call with a mentor at twobrainbusiness.com. Kirsten Pedry has competed at the CrossFit Games as an individual. That was in 2017. And as a master the following year in 2018, she joined me on the phone to talk about her long road to the games, what motivated her to become a gym owner, and what it's like to train her 99-year-old grandmother. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Kirsten, thanks so much for joining me today. How are things going there in Davis? Things are going great. It's a... Real hot. Yeah, but. it's that time of year now, man. Those uh, those Sacramento Davis summers are not fun. It's getting hot. We're grateful we have uh, AC in the gym. That's, so. That certainly helps when you have 100-degree weather to deal with. But yeah. it, it's a dry heat, at least. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, let's start by talking about you. How did you first find CrossFit? I found CrossFit, um, actually, I was babysitting for somebody at the time, and she knew the person who who had owned CrossFit Davis um, originally. And she mentioned, you know, you should give this a try and I think you'd really like it. And um, so I went and tried it and sure enough, for whatever reason, <laughs> kept going back because it was so hard the first time. Um, and then, you know, I mean, it's funny, I think back to that and my, actually my entire life changed from that moment. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. from like starting to do CrossFit and, and then um, just doing it twice a week, like just to like get in shape because I really wasn't doing anything at the time. And um, and then did my first local competition and um, started working there, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're where we are now, you know, which is, is wild. So, yeah, what, it was just through a friend. <laughs> what was it about you about it that, that hooked you? I think I was definitely in a place where I needed – some kind of change what I needed um, to like I, I was an athlete growing up I played soccer in high school um, was always kind of working out and I had for whatever reason gotten into a point where I was just doing nothing physical and I think that I missed that and when it um, kind of came back into my life I, I was just like excited about it and then it's so you you make these gains and you make these um improvements and you're doing things you never thought you could do and it's kind of just like it does have like an addicting you know mm-hmm. thing to it where um you feel your like obviously you can see your body changing but at the same time you're just um at least for me being like so much more physically capable than I ever had been was um a big like I really really liked that mm-hmm. I liked feeling like really strong um, I like seeing that I could put my mind to something and get better at it and make improvements. That's probably one of my favorite things about CrossFit is getting better at things, like little by little, whether it's just, you know, snatching 65 pounds or snatching 200 pounds, like uh, any little like bit of um, improvement for me kept me coming back. When did you figure out that, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this? Oh my gosh. I think that took me a while. Um, I, 
So I, I remember doing a local competition. I thought it was really fun. And that was kind of what sparked the, the fire in me to like kind of start doing CrossFit a little bit more seriously. Um, but in 20, let's see, 2012, I believe it was, um, I missed qualifying for regionals by two spots. I was like, at the time they were taking 60 and I think I finished 62nd and, um, that was the first time I actually thought that, like, oh my gosh, I could go to regionals. And, and that was like my first goal. And then it was probably a few more years before I thought that I could go to the CrossFit Games. I was just going to regionals as like for fun because it was so exciting and fun. And um, I always remember like the first person who told me, you can make the CrossFit Games was um, Margot Alvarez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and that was the first time like meeting her and I did the team series with her one year and, and her and uh, her boyfriend, Alex said that to me and I just kind of thought, well, maybe I could. And from that point on, I, I started to like really take it more seriously and my husband was doing all my programming. And um, I think that year was the first year I got first in the, NorCal open, like in just mm-hmm. open part of it. And that I think to me was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I can hang in there with these girls. And it took me a few more years to actually believe that. But, um, but that was the first little like nugget of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am not just kind of messing around with this. So you finally qualify for the CrossFit games. I think it was your yeah. fifth trip to regionals in 2017. Yeah. What was it like? to finally make it over that hump and get yourself to the games? Uh, it was like a dream come true. I mean, I've been reflecting a lot on that recently because obviously with regionals being gone and um, just kind of looking back and remembering that moment, it was like I never had, for whatever reason in my life, I was not somebody who set goals and was like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I just was kind of somebody who took took whatever came my way and, and just kind of did the next, next thing in front of me. And this was the first thing I set my mind to, like, I want to do this and I'll make any sacrifice that I have to, to get there. And, um, when I finally made it, it was just like, felt like perfection, you know, mm-hmm. it just felt like everything worked out. Everything came together. Um, every single person that had, you know, supported me and loved me through it was there to see it happen. And, um, it was, it was just like, it really just felt like a, a dream, the whole thing. Even when I think back to it now, it's like hard to even remember, like, um, I felt like I'm like, I feel like I'm like watching it happen to somebody mm-hmm. else, you know? Yeah. Cause it was just so perfect. Along those lines, what was your most memorable moment from the 2017 games? Oh man, there's so many good ones. I think, um, for me, like my, I had a few like favorite, you know, uh, events and, but I really loved, I loved anything that we, where we got to go outside and do kind of weird stuff. I loved the, um, the cycle cross. Yeah. I love that. And I think that was, that was probably my most memorable moment was just being, because once you get there, at least for me in my first year, it took me a little while to get over the fact that I was there yeah. <laughs> and then I belong there and all that kind of stuff. And 
that was like one of those workouts where I felt like totally in the zone. I felt like I'm here competing with, you know, all these amazing women that I've, you know, watched for years and years. And, um, and it was just such a cool event. It was so like outside of anything I'd ever done before. And, uh, I, that, I think that, that whole event was probably my most, most memorable because too there was no music playing so i think i was super aware of <laughs> yeah. everything around me and all the people around me and just what was going on so um that was my that was my favorite probably my favorite part of the weekend you returned as a master in 2018 mm-hmm. correct you finished seventh in the 35 to 39 year old division what was it like then from going to the end from the individual competition to then competing as a master at the games that was kind of hard for me i had a rough go of it i think um I wanted to be in the individual category, really. I mean, like, if I'm being totally honest, that's what I wanted to do. That was my goal, training for 2018. Um, And 2018 was one of those years that you just kind of feel like the hits just kept coming and I couldn't really catch a break. And and so I accepted my master's invite to just say, like, experience and and see what it's like. And there was, you know... um, I got to compete with Sam and loving out her and spending time with her and, you know, Anna Tunnicliffe and everything. But my, I would have to say that my heart wasn't totally in it and I could feel that mm-hmm. for the weekend. I could definitely feel that. Um, which is, I think a good learning experience too. Like I'm glad that I went. I don't regret going at, at all. And I'm grateful to have had the experience, but it definitely does show you kind of like, if you're not all in yeah. on these tough weekends of physical, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, endeavors, uh, it just changes the whole game. It's just hard to, to kind of keep going day after day. Um, and so there were parts of it that I definitely enjoyed. There were parts of it that were really tough for me. And I think it's parts of it where it was just hard to not be with the other girls, you know, like, in the other room with the individuals or, or looking at those events and being like, I want to do that event. That looks so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Even the marathon now, I'm like, I would just have died to be out there. I don't even care. I know how hard that would have been, but I just would have loved to have been out there on that floor with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, totally different experience. Grateful to have had it, but it was definitely one of those learning, learning experiences for me. You are technically a master's athlete, first degree master in that 35 to 39 year old division. What, what's the key to getting the most out of your training now as a master's athlete? I think that, you know, it's funny. I remember someone asking me that, how does it, or like something about training like older or competing older. And, and I really, I think I was 30 years old at my first (laughs) regional, you know, so I have always been like one of the, you know, quote unquote older athletes. And, um, the only difference I feel like for me was, uh, like just generally like recovery and making sure that, um, like I always had one full day off every week. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that that's the only thing I could ever feel change was just, um, just my recovery and, and that kind of changing. But I think of course, like competing as a master's athlete is different. I think your, um, your volume can go down if you're training to, to compete as a master at the CrossFit Games, like the volume was way lower. And so you don't have to worry necessarily about like, doing as much stuff than if you're in the individual category. Um, 
and just making sure that you're taking time to, to have like a good recovery day or maybe two recovery days. That's really the only difference I ever noticed as I've gotten older mm-hmm. is that change. Yeah. What are the biggest lessons that you think you've learned from your time as a competitor? Oh man. Um, I think I learned how to work really hard. I think I learned how to, um, I learned the hardest lesson for me to learn and probably the most valuable lesson for me to learn was to have a, um, short memory. Like if something doesn't go right, you have to move on and you have to just let it go. And, um, and I think too, the third thing would be that like the most valuable parts of training aren't the fun parts. Yes. You know, um, I spent <laughs> almost every day in the pool, like, you know, when I made the CrossFit Games in 2017, and I did not love swimming. Um, it was not easy for me. I thought that it was like, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just went to the pool every day. Like, it's kind of like just that if you really want something, yeah. you're going to have to do stuff that you maybe don't enjoy to to get it. And then it just makes the payoff, like, so sweet. When it, when you, when you finally get there and it feels like everything was fully worth it. Yeah. Let's shift gears here and, and go kind of out of the business side of things. Why did you decide to get involved in CrossFit Davis? In, uh, in what? In, in your gym. Why did you decide to get oh. involved in it as an owner? Yeah. So, um, I originally in like, let's see, I got my level one in 2011 um, they asked me, the, the current owners asked me to start a kids program and I said yes and I went and got my level one in order to then get my um, get my kids cert and I started just doing that and coaching a few classes and then I was kind of coaching more classes and doing the scheduling and like everything just sort of like snowballed mm-hmm. until down the road where we are now where we're, um, me and my husband are the sole owners of across the Davis and um, I love my job. <laughs> I think I've always loved my job. I love watching people get better. I love really feeling like you are changing people's lives. And I know that sometimes if, if people don't, you know, maybe haven't been to our gym or been to across the gym, it's hard to understand like how that's happening just through exercise. But I just believe in, exercise as like medicine almost you know that it changes your day it changes your mood can absolutely change your life it changed mine um and I think for me like that was just I felt more passionate about it than I probably had about anything else that I had ever done um so it to me it seems kind of obvious like um to for it to just be what I do with my with my life what was something that you didn't know was critical to running a business that you learned very quickly was actually extremely important? <laughs> oh my gosh. So many things. Um, this, our whole journey of, of business, our gym owners has been like a learning process. And I always tell people that when they ask, you know, I'm thinking about opening a gym and, um, the biggest thing I think for us is figuring out what really matters and not getting hung up on the things that don't. So it's easy, I think, in a small business sometimes to, you know, people leave a kettlebell out, people leave, you know, get chalk everywhere. Like that stuff actually really doesn't matter. 
And if you don't have the energy to like let that stuff go or let the little things go, mm-hmm. I think you're going to really hate your job. <laughs> um, and so I think me and Matt, my husband, have gotten really good at that. Like, you know, we'll joke about it or, you know, together, but for the most part, you have to just really be focusing on, on the people in your gym and the culture that you want to create. And that is your product. You know, Mm -hmm. that is what really matters. Not a lot of spouses can work closely together in a business (laughs) setting. How do you and Matt navigate your way through that? You know, it's funny. We, I'm I'm guessing that our our coach athlete relationship has helped us Mm -hmm. because we do, you know, I've done a lot of like good communicating together and, you know, him making me do things I didn't want to do in training and, and me, you know, not being mad at him for it. And we, um, so we communicate really well. We also are very different. So the things that he does versus the things that I do are totally separate. Um, he does all the programming. He does a lot of the business side stuff. Like, you know, he does like our taxes and all yeah. that <laughs> sort of stuff and the important things. And then I love coaching. So I love being like the face of the gym. I love being around people. I love, you know, talking to our members and, and getting to know everybody. Um, and he, he likes that too, but he definitely doesn't, he, he doesn't coach any classes. He mm-hmm. just kind of does all the, um, the behind the scenes stuff that is so important, but maybe not like quite as noticed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been a big key for us. And we also just, um, love being together <laughs> which so we don't we really don't get sick of each other um the more time we spend together for us is, is better so um that's been really really lucky for yeah. us yeah how do you relate to clients who are not elite elite athletes like yourself in order right. to get the most out of them i think for me like i didn't start crossfit as an elite athlete i started as somebody who um I hadn't exercised in probably a year and a half. I couldn't do a pull-up. I couldn't do a push-up. And I don't forget that. So for me, it's pretty easy to um, to coach people who have never done anything and, and to relate to them because I remember being that person. And so, you know, I didn't come in like, like I had to learn how to do a pull-up. I had to learn how to kip. I had to learn how to, you know, do um, a squat snatch. I used to just, avoid those days because I would get so nervous to snatch and you know now it's something I love so I feel like that has been really valuable to me um whereas I've seen some people who you know they're sort of maybe were urban athlete and they came in with all these skills and watching them try to teach somebody how to do something that they never necessarily had to learn is hard Mm -hmm. I think it's harder you know if you haven't had to learn it yourself it can be really difficult and so I feel like I still have those. I still totally remember when I started. And I totally remember what that felt like. I totally remember using bands for pull-ups and, you know, all that stuff. And I'll talk about that to people. And people that don't know me will be like, no way. And I'm like, no, really? Like, I promise, you know, mm-hmm. which I think does make it relatable to them too. And a lot of my members have been there for a long time. So they remember watching me swing around on the rings, not be able to do a muscle-up or, you know, um, so I think they they know that about me too. They know that like whatever your goals are, it's not like you have to like 
want to compete or you have to want to do anything. Like we just want you to get what you want out of the day. Mm -hmm. And so if that's just coming in and getting sweaty and not thinking about anything else, great. If you want to really get better at CrossFit and compete, we'll help you do that too. But we um, are not, we just want people to get exactly what they're coming in for. So your most famous client is your grandmother, Betty. (laughs) Yes. She's in her nineties. Yes. How did you come to start training her? She, yeah, she just turned 99 in May. I know. So she's, she's awesome. Um, she, uh, we were, we were just driving in a car one day and she said, you know, I said, I'm thinking about getting a trainer. And I said, grandma, I can train you. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't go get a discount. trainer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to have you go pay somebody. And she's like, are you sure? She always thinks I'm too busy. And you know, yeah. um, so we started doing that and it was a really, really cool experience to, I think really learn that it's never too late to start. Yeah. Um, and that you can absolutely like improve your fitness. She was 96 when she started working out with me and, um, watching how different she became over the couple of years, um, was pretty like mind blowing, you know, cause yeah. people will come in at 40 and 50 and say, well, I'm too old. And I just want to be like, you're young. You're <laughs> like 50 years old. That's young. That yeah. you have so much time left and so much life left that you could improve um, in these small ways if you do it right. There are a lot of gyms out there that do have older clients in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. I don't know if anyone has someone who's 99, but yeah. what do you think the key is to training that age group effectively? I think um, being really smart uh, with that age group and making sure that like Vero is comfortable with what they're doing. Um, it's probably the biggest part. We have a few clients in their sixties and I think we have one, um, in his seventies, I believe. Um, and I'm like, I always just want to make sure that they're comfortable and I'm always going to like, um, I think the a big thing is just to remember like, what is the point of what they're doing? Mm-hmm. So if it were say, you know, me training back in the day when I was competing and I was like, my hands hurt. Um, I don't want to do pull-ups. And that would say like, well, you need to do pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> if an older person was like, you know, my kind of my knees bugging me today. I'm like, cool. Let's not squat. Let's right. do something else. Let's totally change the workout for you. Your goal is to walk out of here feeling better than when you walked in and to not feel beat down. I always checked with my grandma's and would call her the next day when we very first started, like, are you sore today? I don't want you to be sore. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, whereas somebody who's starting brand new is, is 20, okay, your legs are going to be a little sore tomorrow. Your arms might be sore. You'll be fine. But somebody who's 96 or, you know, 86, 76, I don't want you walking around not being able to stand up off the toilet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right. not what we're trying to do. Yeah. So I think the the goal um, of, of their workout needs to totally shift versus somebody who's, who's maybe younger and really trying to like hit it hard and get in shape. Along those lines, what are some of the, the movements that you would use to get that stimulus? Um, we did a lot of, so I kind of thought about at the time my grandma was living alone still. Um, so she, I thought about what she needed to be able to do. And so we did a lot of standing up, 
from sitting down on a box and we'd do it, you know, 10 times and then rest, 10 times and then rest. We would um, walk to just the wall and back, which was like a hundred meters together. And I would, oh my gosh, sorry, that's my dog. That's not a problem. I'm a dog person. Totally excuse that. (laughs) That was my little puppy Ziggy. Sorry about that. Hi Ziggy. Oh my gosh. Um, so we would, we would walk and I would hold her hand, but getting her balance back or getting her balance as good as we could get it was a, a big goal. And, um, we even tried it at one point we did, um, essentially a burpee laying down, getting back up because she, you know, had voiced like some concern about if I fall down, can I get up? Mm-hmm. And so, um, we just like, learned it all together and I would say how does this feel can you do this we do ring rows but I'd have a seat behind her or I would stand behind her and um you know just kind of stuff that would make sense for her Mm -hmm. in her daily life and the things that she needed to do every day what do you think about the living room videos that that CrossFit is currently putting out I so I feel like um i know that's sort of a, a weird <laughs> road to go down but i just wanted to get your thoughts on that yeah i mean i am all for the um the older population uh getting involved in crossfit and i think especially like if if, if that makes people feel more comfortable um then i think it's totally a positive um i think that getting them my grandma really liked coming to the gym. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that, that I think whenever I see videos of like the, you know, different gyms doing, um, doing older, you know, classes that are geared towards older population. Um, she loved coming in there. I feel like that made her feel younger almost, mm-hmm. um, that she could be in the gym with all these other people doing all these really crazy things, you know, when she would watch them. So I think that there is a lot of value in getting out of your house. But if you couldn't, for whatever reason, absolutely bring a trainer in, like have somebody work with you in your house. Of course, there's all these things you could do. And I would tell her that too, like, hey, she she would say, should I be doing more? And I'm like, no, I think this is great. I think you're doing plenty. I'm like, if you want to and you feel comfortable, you could do some stand-up sit-down from your couch. You could do that. You You could totally do this stuff at home. But I um just because I don't want her to fall down or anything mm-hmm. like that. So like I think those videos can show that it's a great place to start, you know what I mean? That you can do kind of almost like that um just doing something and you know, just do something. Like even if you're just standing up and sitting down on your couch twenty times a day, that's great. Like I am on board with any kind of movement that makes you feel better. I don't care what it looks like or where you're doing it. I think it's a positive. If you had had that resource when you had started working with your grandmother three years ago, how do you think they would have helped you? Um, probably you would just have given me some ideas with her. I think for us, like we, um, I felt like I was just kind of coming up with stuff. Uh, on my own which was cool because we could try things and she you know I knew her really well of course and she trusted me and so I would say let's try this it doesn't work no big deal you know and we'd find things that she really liked and stuff that maybe like 
eh, let's not do that again. <laughs> um, so I think it's good to have ideas. And I've, you know, messaged with a few people as far as just sending them what, what I would do with her and, and things that um, make sense for her to do. And I think it all depends on the person and what their lifestyle is. So like, she would. She had a cat for a while, and she would say, "Well, I couldn't carry my cat carrier and walk at the same time to take the cat to the vet." And so we started doing like farmers carries and things like that. And that was just like a random thing that she didn't like that she couldn't do um, that we tried to fix. And it's such a cool opportunity to be creative um, with your clients, which I think is really important, whether they're ninety nine or they just have had an injury or they're coming back from surgery or whatever. They don't want to just come in and do the same thing. So you can be so creative and keep them coming back and keep them motivated um, so that they don't feel like they're just doing the same stuff every day. I think that's a super valuable tool as a coach. You mentioned that your grandmother loves coming to the gym. How mm-hmm. do the rest of the members react to her being there? They loved her. Yeah. They just loved her, you know, and they would always come up to her, you're amazing, you're, you know, an inspiration. And she was like, I don't know. She's so funny. She's like this little <laughs> humble old lady. Yeah. But um, she, I think they just loved it. And I think that it kind of made people feel like, too, like anyone can do this. And that is something I wholeheartedly still believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily everyone's going to love CrossFit that walks into your gym. There's lots of reasons why they might not. But I think that if if you approach each person correctly, like anyone can do it, you know, and um, there's no like one size fits all program. And and regardless of what's on the whiteboard, you can have all these people like in your classes, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think, of course, 99, I'm keeping her separate from that. But um, but she can still be right off to the side and watch everything go down and feel like she's part of it. And I think that's that's. that's important. And that was something that people like to see. Yeah. How is the, the changing sort of media and social media landscape, everything that's going on with HQ, how has that affected your gym? You know, it's funny. Like our gym is, we've had a lot of competitors come through our gym and we've had, you know, a, like my son, one other person went to the games, our team went to the games. Like we've been to regionals a bunch of times and, but still we, have never been a competitive gym um, because our I've always sort of like refused to make that be um, the focus of my gym. I want it to be everybody else. And so our competitors are always kind of off to the side and you're like, the class is more important and you know, blah, blah, blah. So for that reason, no one's really brought it up, you know, Um, some people do and we'll talk about it of course, because it's like, it's a big change and it's, it's, um, I certainly miss parts of it for sure. Um, but as a whole, our gym, um, doesn't like pay attention to a lot of that, um, for whatever reason, you know? And I think, um, that's been, I guess like lucky for us because, you know, I wouldn't want to be like losing people over it or something, but, um, I miss it, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, What's been your proudest moment as a coach? As a coach? My proudest moment? (sighs) Gosh. Um, Or moments. Yeah, I think for me, it, 
is when I feel like um, I, it's like little moments when you tell somebody something and they hear it the right way and they make this change and they get, you know, super excited about it. Or just, just as I have gotten to be a better coach, how I feel like I can see, um, like the little problems in the way people move and I can fix it for them and, um, and make them a better athlete. Um, and then I think too, just the way that coaching and, um, and, you know, my role at the gym has allowed me to, like, connect with people in a way that is, I think, powerful and um, and different than when you're just kind of, like, getting to know people. It's, it's really such a special relationship that you create with your members, um, at least for us, um, that makes me feel like, like, just really lucky, I guess, to be a coach. And, um, and that it, it just feels like I'm doing something that, um, that matters, I guess. What does the future hold now for you as an athlete? Well, I don't really know. I mean, so I am currently like six and a half months pregnant. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's kind of buried in the lead there. That's awesome. That's been a change. Okay. Um, and that, so I don't really know. You know, I have kind of been enjoying the transition of, like, really focusing on coaching and focusing on our gym. Like, I, when I was competing, I, um, I would coach about one class a day. But other than that, I was in the gym, say from 1030 until 630, just working out. So I was always around people. I was always there. I was always a big presence at the gym. But I didn't get to coach that much because I had given away all my classes to my other amazing coaches um, so that I could train. And so getting to take on more classes now and, and, you know, I'm doing some early morning classes and then coaching all different classes every day so that I see everybody in our gym. Um, that has been really a cool transition for me. And I don't know if I'll go back to competing or not, especially with the way that everything is set up now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never felt like I can just pick up and go and travel because I don't like being away from the gym as much. You know, I like to be really involved. And so I don't know if that would work for me as far as like, traveling to all the different sanctionals and right. um, and things like that. So I don't really know. Like, I'll definitely wait and see till after I have the baby, um, see how that all goes down and how I, you know, recover and come back. And I do love competing. I am a competitive person. I think it's so much fun. So I could see, like, maybe doing a team sometime or something like that. Right. But um, going all in on, like, CrossFit Games training again, I don't know. You know, that's, that's, I'm not sure. I feel like there's a, a chance that that part of my life has, has ended, you know. For sure. What's the key to training while pregnant? Oh man, it's been really, it's been a big, it's been really cool. I will say, um, I have followed, uh, people before me essentially who, who have, who have gone through multiple pregnancies. And, you know, either like made mistakes and are now trying to educate people. 
um, as far as the way that, um, that they suggest you train. And so I follow this, um, pregnancy postpartum athleticism. It's Brianna Battles is the, the woman who runs it. And, mm-hmm. um, so I've gotten a lot of guidance through her. Um, and most of it is, and what I just pretty much tell people who come into our gym who are also pregnant is we're just not trying to stress the systems that are already being stressed. So you're not trying to stress your, you know, all your, your abdomen essentially. And yeah. I'm not trying to stress anything that, that, you know, adds more pressure to my pelvic floor. So I don't run or jump and I don't do any gymnastics right now. Um, I generally watch my heart rate to make sure I can always kind of like, if you ask me something, I could answer you right back. Um, so there's like a few, I think, uh, kind of simple guidelines to follow. And then of course, every woman's going to be different. Um, so I have enjoyed the, and I think had good success so far. I've been able to work out five, six days a week. Um, I just joined in on the class and I changed the, the movements that I can't do anymore. Um, and I'm still able to like feel like I, I, did a workout. I have been healthy so far as far as like my blood pressure and all everything like that when I go to the doctor. So I feel like I'm doing um, the right things. My body doesn't hurt, you know, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So I think just making sure that you're following the guidance of somebody who knows if you don't feel like you know is probably the biggest, um, the biggest thing I've learned. Because I think that the whole like, if it feels good, do it is kind of like people are realizing, Hey, that's not always true. Right. Like just because it feels okay. doesn't necessarily mean it's a great idea for your body and, and what is going to benefit you in the long run for once you have a baby and you're trying to come back. That's really been my biggest focus is like, I want to come back in as, you know, good of condition as I can and not have made mistakes where that you can't reverse, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's been fun. Final question. What has been the best part about your CrossFit journey? I think um, for me, it's the people, you know, it's really the people and the experiences. Um, I've been, you know, my husband and I have been together for 15 years and married for nine. We waited a while to have kids. And I think that um, I've been looking back on that as like this really cool time where we got to travel to all these amazing places and CrossFit took us to, you know, we went to, we went to Big Sky when they used to do the the gatherings Mm -hmm. and we went to, um, we competed in Hawaii multiple years and we got to go to Madison twice together. And, um, you know, our time in SoCal was was always so fun. And, um, and so we got to do all these like really cool things just because, you know, we, had these like goals, you know, and CrossFit and what we wanted to do. And, um, and then on top of that, I've gotten to create this, like we have gotten to create this community that, um, of like forever friends and really like family in a lot of ways, um, that we get to just kind of watch and, and be with. And so it's just so, um, it's funny, like just, I feel like it's just because I, you know, I walked in the door that day to give it a try. And then I just kind of said yes to all the little opportunities that came along. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think of course, you know, we, I feel like we built this foundation on like 
the stuff we really believe in and the things we really believe matter. And, and we've gotten to like watch this gym and community just grow around us that um, I'm just so grateful for. So I think just the people that are in my life and the experience I've gotten to have just because of CrossFit, like um, are, are my favorite thing. Like it's just, it's totally changed my life. Absolutely. A hundred percent changed my life. You know, Kirsten, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck with the gym. Congratulations on the pregnancy. I hope all goes <laughs> Thank well. Thank you with so that. much. <laughs> and uh, take good care of your dog and your husband. I will. Thank you so much, Sean. Great to talk to you. Big thanks to Kirsten Pedry for taking the time to speak with me. If you want to follow her on Instagram, you can find her at kpedry. Two Brain Radio with Sean Woodland is brought to you by Two Brain Business. To learn how to generate profit and take your business to the next level, check out Founder Farmer. Tinker Thief by Chris Cooper. It's available now on Amazon, and there is an audio version where I will literally read it to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.